like text prison story family. Like literally when I left you on part one, I was in the shoe, beat up, black eyes. I forgot to tell you I had a broke shoulder in a sling. And they threw me in there all the way with a psych patient. Dude, that was 100% crazy as hell. He wasn't really dangerous. And he wasn't mean, nothing like that. He was just weird, man. And it was strange being around him. When you're living in that shoebox, man, you really, like, are on your own in there. There's no, there's going to be no help from the police. There's going to be no help from nobody but God in that box, man. So if you're in there with some type of man that you don't like, that you can't get along with, or something, that's not even a good idea to let them shut that door, man. You might need to tell them you're not coming in that motherfucker. Or the first time y'all uncuff, you go ahead and take his motherfucking ass out. That's the only choice you got. So as I'm like looking and tripping on the crazy dude, that's when I told y'all the homie from Madisonville, Texas. Big Slurp. And a big salute to Slurp, man. If anybody knows him, Slurp was a real OG over there. He did over 10 years in Beaumont. And uh, he held it down the whole time, man. He was a solid cat, you know. So I literally had Slurp beating on the wall, telling me to move over there because he was bored and nobody was in his cell. He said, man, Snow, get out of that cell with that dude and come over here with me, fam. He said, we can ride it out and have some fun, man. He said, come on. So for real, for real, after I'd been through all this shit, been traumatized and everything, I'm back stuck back here. It sounded good, man. I wanted to go straight and talk, you know, straight and talk to the uh, sink boss and tell him, man, let me go over there with my homie. Of course, you can't talk to anybody, so that's what you got to do. You got to start writing out letters. Send it out, send it out, send it out. So me and Slurp both started writing letters. Man, move snow into my cell. And I was writing, move me into Slurp's cell, man, with homies. It's going to be cool. And I'd say about three days later, they come and tell me, pack up, you're moving next door. Yeah, I'm just happy. I'm like, cool, man, it's going down now. We're going to have a look. So like I told y'all in one, uh, Slurp is a big dude, man. He's probably 6'3", 6'4", wide built, you know, not real huge, but cut up. And he liked to fight. Slurp liked to throw them hands, and he was good at it, too. Anybody on his wing knew that he called anybody out. He didn't give a damn. He was notorious for it. But uh, damn good guy, though, man. Real good guy. If anybody knows him, tell him I said, what's up? Much love, man, for real. But uh, so about the third day of us writing letters to get me in a cell, they moved me over there. We're riding it out, having fun, man, talking about everything. He's lacing me up, telling me shit I didn't even know that was going on in the prison because he'd been there so long. And, uh... Straight up, just like I said in part one, man, here comes my dumb ass and just, boom, knocked off his radio and broke it, man. Right there, dropped on the ground. When Slurp's radio fell, it's like life went into slow motion for me, man. It was like, and I seen it, and he seen it, and it just, that clear plastic glass and just broke in a bunch of pieces. He was, too. I say, man, damn, Slurp, man, my bad, fam. And when I said my bad, fam, I just knew I was fucked up, man. I was crazy. I didn't have a radio back there. 
that was the only one. We didn't have any books. We didn't have no newspapers. We didn't have nothing, man. We was in trouble. And I thought he was going to kick my motherfucking ass, too, man. I ain't going to lie. I see. I looked down. Slurp say, man, Snow, why would you do that, man? And just looked at me. And I say, oh, man, Slurp, I'm sorry, bro, man. I didn't mean to do that, man. We're going to be fucked in here, man. What are we going to do? He said, man, we're going to have to figure something out, Snow, man. Come on, man. So when Slurp just say, man, we're going to have to figure something out, Snow. I'm actually thinking he's talking about fighting now, and I'm all busted up and broke, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, man, it's crazy. And I got this little flash of adrenaline hit me for a second. He said, man, somebody going to have to send us the paper, man. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, fam, hell yeah. Hold on, I'm going to get somebody to send us the paper, bro. That's what we're going to do, the newspaper. So, like, literally, when that clicked to me, man, like, that's what the fuck I need back here in the hole, man. That's what he needs. Hell, yes, I'm fucked up for breaking that radio. But I can try to get us another radio, too. You know what I mean? We can buy that. But we need the motherfucking newspaper back here, man. When Slurp said that shit, he was like a fucking genius, man. So, yeah, man, that's... A because, listen, you got to think about it. There's very few people nowadays that read the newspaper. But what is the newspaper, y'all? Front page news. Inside entertainment. Third page gossip. Fourth page weather. In Galveston, the fifth page be fishing. Uh, sixth page might be obituaries. Seven, eight, nine, and ten is sports. Man, so every single day it was like the world was coming back there to us in our little cell. And we actually made us, you know, start making it work. And Slurp, man, just, I'm telling you, he was a real OG, man. I had him misinterpreted just because I was a little skitched out right then because I had a messed up shoulder and really couldn't defend myself. But that man was a real solid cat, man, real OG. He wasn't never going to do nothing to me, man. He, he had much love for me. And we actually started getting that paper back there. That's when he started, man. I don't, I do not understand how Slurp had like this photographic memory, y'all. But anybody that knows him is gonna come on his status and say he can spit out any sports stat from the beginning of time to right now. He's got everything memorized on everybody. He knows what everybody did, and he would literally get that paper, man, and just study and tell me, man. When I get back to population, I'm gonna pop him on that gambling. You know what I mean? Just study, man. And I'm pretty sure that's what he did, you know, so it was crazy. Like in a shoe sale, all you can get is three cold meals a day. They're smaller than normal. And on commissary, all we could buy was one Snickers and one bag of coffee a week. So literally, you're trying to stretch your bag of coffee for a week and take a bite off of Snickers one time a day, man. <laughs> it's crazy. If you get your Snickers and just eat it right then, Boy, you'll feel played, played later when you see somebody else take a little bite out of one. You know what I mean? So, it was messed up. In the Beaumont shoe, the SSIs were the man, just like everywhere else. They would come through for $10. Listen, for 10 bucks, you would get 20 snack cakes in a brown bag. And every commissary day, I'm giving my 10, you know, my 20 stamps up to get them 10 cakes. And we ain't starving back here. Slurp had a bunch of them, I had them, man, and we just, 
Although we were not doing as good as we wanted to or we would have been in population, we found a way to eat. We found a way to stay relevant with what was going on, everything out there. And we also had our vents we could talk to. So uh, shout out Big Ray Dog from Ray Dog from the 60s. And he's also from Waco. He lived in Cali and in Waco. And uh, Ray Dog was one of my big homies, man, in the feds. He was real square business. But that's really what happened, man. Like, I dropped his radio, thought he was going to whoop me, man. He didn't even do nothing. He just got depressed and sad. And I did, too. And we got quickly on it and started figuring out how to get that newspaper, get everything up, and all that other type of stuff. No, let's see if I have a paper. I don't know what this is. Hold on, y'all. Oh, there it goes. I'm going to show you what you have to do. See, when you're in the federal shoe, or anywhere in the feds, actually, you don't have a speaker. So you got earbuds. Like, literally, earbuds. You take your earbuds at home, y'all. If you have some. And you put the earbud right here. And tighten it down around it. And it makes a speaker horn. Like literally, you can make, you can have, you can take these, look, this is what you do. You take these right here. You unglue them, and you can literally have a horn as big as your cell in there. Running off an earbud, and it's loud, 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 loud. So it was pretty cool couple times when I was on the other side of the shoe after Slurp left, we were battling it out with them boys next door, everybody making noise, keeping people awake, fighting and stuff. Well, I made two of the biggest horns ever and tacked them up to the vent up there and just played Rush Limbaugh on them boys for days, man. They was getting talk radio while they were trying to speak Spanish and yeah, it was silly, man. This type of shit you do when you don't have nothing else to do, man. My very first day in the shoe very first day ever when I was still in there with O-Face, a boomerang came under the door. There was a little note that said, pull me. I said, then I pulled it. As I pulled it, all kind of shit started coming under there. And then he said, welcome to Bow My Shoe. I said, damn, man, it was a, a Mexican Mafia guy back there that checked in. Or oh, he didn't get checked. Didn't check in. They, they beat him up. But anyway, he was sending me gifts and shit, so... Weird back there, man. That that shoe is a whole different world. Like, literally, literally. The people that are in power and population, it might be somebody else in power in the shoe. You know what I mean? And if the guards won't help you, you're dead, man. Like, literally, when we had the newspaper, as soon as we're done, we shoot it to the other homies. They shoot it to the other homies. They shoot it to the other homies. But if the guards don't like you, they're not shooting shit. And you ain't getting nothing. Nobody will send you a magazine from down the way. You ain't getting one soup. You're just going to be in that box suffering, man. So the clowns that actually disrespect the officers, they're the craziest ones back there. And we never did that. We were pretty cool with them all. But anyway, y'all, uh, sorry I took so long with part two. It really was a stressful-ass time when you break that man's radio, you know what I mean? But he was just a real cat. That's why it wasn't so bad, you know what I mean? But... Anyway, much love, y'all. Temp Snow, Texas Prison Stories. I'll tell y'all another one tonight, probably.